0: Sports, Ethos, New York, Knicks podcast, Andre Galliber, and I mentioned to you in the last show that the last time Thibodeau's job was on the line was against Utah, and the Knicks showed out in that game, and then they showed out again against the Cavs, and this was a very interesting game to me on a lot of levels. One, for all of you that hate Thibodeau, I, listen, I made my case Last episode for the things he doesn't do well, and I can go into a few more things. But I don't hate Thibodeau. I think a lot of things that people hate about him aren't even really accurate, accurately portrayed. I mean, you hear on Twitter all the time about him playing vets over young players, which is what he did last year in a terrible season. But people can't let go of narratives. He's not done that this year. There's only been three veterans on the team that have been playing. Fournier, Randall, and Rose. Fournier has been benched for a few weeks now. Rose only plays 15 minutes. And Randall, don't get us started. We we all feel the same way about Randall. <laughs> across the board, across the league. So the randall Obi thing, a different conversation. But the younger players have been playing, and if that's your biggest beef against Thibodeau, you're kind of misguided or misinformed. In this game, though, you found out, again, that the players don't want Thibodeau in in mass. They may have their own personal beefs about him, the way way he's used them, or what have you. But to come out against the Cavalier team and play the way they did, and Donovan having the game that he did, which wasn't a great game, and you know he wanted to have a great game. They had to outwill the Cavs. They didn't necessarily play well. They didn't shoot the ball well. Cavs didn't shoot the ball well. But you saw the Knicks hold the Cavs to a very low offensive output. One of the lowest of the season for them and definitely one of the lowest on the season for the Knicks at home. I think it was the lowest. 81 points given up. And what you saw from Tibbs was, to me, a last straw for some of the players on the roster. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with the guys I know that can play the way I need them to play to a degree, because it's not necessarily true for RJ and Randall. We've talked about this a million times. Randall is immune to Tibbs' wrath for whatever reason. But you saw him come into this game, and you know he does, He loves Derrick Rose, so I don't think it was shade to Derrick Rose, but I do think it was you're not good enough defensively, and I can't go down with the ship, playing you over a better defensive guard in McBride. And in the case of Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish came out in that Dallas game not ready to play. And the Cam Reddish thing is really, really interesting from a a, a fan perspective. A lot of fans love Cam Reddish. A lot of fans love the idea of Cam Reddish, the potential of Cam Reddish. And then Cam playing defense the way he has this year, a lot of other Knicks fans have come to appreciate having him in the rotation. And just anytime he does anything of value. It's it's like it's worth ten times. He makes a nice move going to the basket, a nice a nice finish, a nice drive, and it's like, oh see, this is what you can have with Cam Reddish. But he doesn't do that all the time. He doesn't do it frequently enough. It's almost like Fournier shooting. When people talk about the Knicks miss Fournier shooting, I'm like he doesn't shoot enough to make that big of a difference. It's not like an Listen, this is up for debate. It's not like the floor is going to be so much more spaced with Fournier on it. They're just not going to leave Fournier open as much. They'll leave Randall wide open, which is what they've done already. Fournier is just not going to get as many shots as you think he is to really change the three-point shooting fortunes on the team. But it is nice to have Fournier in transition, in secondary transition, shooting those threes. He was very, very good at that. But the half-court offense as a whole, they're scoring way more points this year than they did last year, where Fournier broke the record for most three-pointers made by Nick. They're scoring way more points this year. So you really need to kind of flesh out the notion that Fournier is going to change the Knicks' offensive prowess with his shooting when, when he was on the floor, he was... On a team that was scoring way less points. And when he played this year, his net rating was terrible. So even if you believe that his shooting would change the Knicks' fortunes from the outside, understand that what he's given up defensively just gives it right back. With Cam, you look at his three point shooting percentages and you're like, well, you need his shooting. But Cam doesn't hit enough threes. He didn't take enough threes. It's the volume. It was the same thing with Fournier. It was the volume was too low to really make a dent cam's defense was really the reason why he was playing and they were waiting for cam his offensive prowess to show out and be more consistent and you never saw that and you saw you see so many nick fans and observers watching cam not do much as if he's doing how should i let let me rephrase You're watching him praying for the potential of his offense. And every time you see him do anything close to it, it's like, here it comes. That's what we're talking about. And it's literally like twice a game. And that's just not enough. And if you're watching the league, you know that there are guys that most of you have not even heard of who twice a game do what Cam Reddish does. You can't have Cam Reddish come out the way he did in that Dallas game and be so out of sorts to look like you've never played an NBA game before. That's the way he looked. He came out falling, losing the ball. He got a a jump shot blocked. What are you doing? Are you not ready to play? I think this may just be me. I think he was benched. Whereas Rose... He probably sat down with Rhodes and said, listen, they're trying to trade you. Don't want you to get hurt. I need McBride's defense. Hope you understand. Whereas Cam, I'm pretty sure he went to him like, yo, man, you weren't ready to play. And you're not giving us consistent enough offense. You're not consistently enough a positive on the offense to warrant you playing minutes that quickly can play. Grimes could play. Cam's defense has been a plus. He is—he gets a lot of deflections. He gets steals. He bothers shooters. There's no question about it. It really is not. But so is Grimes. So is Quickly. So is McBride. The things that Quickly, Grimes, and McBride do that Reddish doesn't is get over screens. Reddish is not very good at it. And you saw at the end of the Memphis game, Reddish got abused by John Morant using his screens. He got abused on by John Morant on a backdoor play in the, in the, in crunch time. Abused. He's not good at navigating the screens. He's good at rotating defensively. He's good at guarding someone one v one, but he's not good at guarding a screen attack. McBride is. Quickly is, Grimes is. McBride is going to take most of Rose's minutes. Quickly and Grimes are going to eat up Cam's minutes as shooting guard and small forward. Behind RJ, obviously. You're going to see a lot more minutes from Quickly and Grimes, which is a positive because their defense changes the game and their defense can lead to offense. When you you are allowing... Teams to score as often as the Knicks are, then that means you have to go up against their half court defense too often. And obviously, the Knicks aren't a great shooting team, they are the worst shooting team in the uh, three point shooting team in the league. So, you don't want to go up against a team's half court defense every single time. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. You want to go up against it as seldomly as possible. You make other teams miss shots, you secure the defensive rebound, McBride quickly and Grimes are much better at chasing down long rebounds than Cam Reddish has been and even Rose's been they're hustle guys they're they're quick twitch athletes not necessarily high leapers but in terms of lateral quickness they're good at that all three of them you get those long rebounds you get out in transition in secondary transition you find offense much easier than taking the ball out of the net and having to dribble the ball up court as often as the Knicks have been doing. That's an important change. And I understand nobody cares that Rose is getting benched, and I'll come back to that. But I understand why you don't want to lose what Cam does give you in defensive rotation and point of attack 1v1 defense. But you're not losing it if those minutes are going to grimes and quickly. And McBride, by default, McBride is going to play primarily the one or the two. He's going to guard mostly ones. I understand why you don't want to lose it, but you're not really losing what Cam does best because the players that are replacing him also do it well. So you're not losing anything. Now, on offense, you're not getting enough from him for you to miss it. What you're missing is what you think Cam is going to be. That's what you're missing, what he's going to be, what he could potentially be in your mind. But he's not actually doing it. He's been playing from the beginning of the season. From the beginning of the season, he's been playing almost 25 games in. twenty. I think that was a 24th game against the Cavs. He's been playing outside of being hurt. He's been playing. So what you're complaining about is you don't think he's being used properly. Okay, man, I get it. I can even agree with you. And I said this to somebody on Twitter about Obi. Obi has to be a professional and consistent with what he's being asked to do before you can complain that he's not being used properly. And even I believe he hasn't been used properly. Don't get me wrong. But he has to be consistent in what he's being asked to do before you blame the coach for not using him in other ways. And it's the same thing with Cam. These guys are not babies. Be consistent in what you're being asked to do. Nothing Tom Thibodeau is doing makes you dribble the ball off your foot and get your jump shot blocked. Nothing Tom Thibodeau is doing is making that happen. We can make arguments about he's not in the flow, not comfortable. That's legitimate. I get it. But you're 25 games in. You should at least be comfortable, 24, comfortable doing what you've been asked to do. It's not five games in. It's not six games in. You've been asked to do the same things. Be comfortable in what you're asked to do. And if you go around the league, you see a zillion guys comfortable with what they're being asked to do, even though they believe they can do more. Solid play. And we talked about this in a previous episode. Solid. Be solid. Why can't the Knicks have solid play from guys where they make their open shots, they attack closeouts, they make the right pass. Just solid. There's not enough solid play from Obi, who I like, don't get me wrong, from Cam. There's not enough solid play. Don't get me started on RJ and Julius. Just be solid. Make the right play. And you don't see it enough from Cam. And what Cam's giving you, you can get from players you do see it from. So why would you play Cam? And those of you just ran and Raven, first round draft pick, but it was, it was a first round draft pick. It has not been wasted yet. You don't lose money until you sell. The same thing in the stock market. They have not lost anything yet with Cam Reddish. And there's no guarantee that Cam Reddish won't see time in the rotation in the future. They have not wasted anything yet. But Cam Reddish has had his opportunities this year, this year to distinguish himself. And he has not done it. And you can't keep blaming the coach for him not being solid. And the coach is replacing him with guys who are just as young and just as big a part of the franchise, if not a bigger part. So your complaints, they just fall on deaf ears. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. If they bench cam to play Fournier, then you'd have a beef. They're benching him so Grimes and quickly can get more minutes. And McBride by extension. Now let's talk about Rose. And I talked about this early in the season. I think, I do think too many of you believe Rose has been worse than he actually was. He's been good for the Knicks offensively. In very short minutes, he's been good for them and Rose keeps the pace up in the half court and he attacks and he's the best Nick in pick and roll offense quickly you saw at the end of the season last year that he can be better than he's been you've seen you've seen flashes of his offense resurfacing in the last week or so we've talked about his floor game incessantly I'm not going to get into that again has been very good, been great for the Knicks across the board, offense and defense in terms of floor game. But his offense as a primary ball handler has been shaky. He's not, and when I say his offense, I don't necessarily mean his point production alone, but his shot creation. He's not, has not been great at it. You've seen flashes of him being, decent at it going back to last year, but you've not seen that this year. He tends to dominate the ball when he's the primary ball handler in the offense, and they don't get a lot out of it when he does that. When he is a secondary ball handler, he's been more effective because he's more efficient with his his offense. Whether he's going to shoot, whether he's going to attack or close out, he's just efficient. He's quick. He's efficient. When he's on the ball, he tends to dribble incessantly, pound, 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 screen, 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 the Knicks don't get much out of it consistently enough. But he's really good at advancing the ball, which is what the Knicks need. They don't get that from the first unit that much. RJ, when he gets the ball, he holds on to it. Brunson will advance it if he sees somebody open, but he won't advance it if if someone's not open for a shot or open for an opportunity. He's not going to advance it. He's going to keep it. And Randall is just, uh, he's Randall. IQ, though, he will advance the ball in transition, in secondary transition. And that, again, will lead to offense, especially if this comes off a defensive rebound. He gets the ball. He advances it. Transition opportunities with OB and then a second unit, Grimes, et cetera. Quickly getting more minutes might lead to quickly being more efficient on offense in terms of shooting the ball and hopefully more efficient with the ball in his hands, even though he's not shown that Tom Thibodeau has often taken the ball out of his hands. When he has not gotten things going, you will see him go to the secondary ball handler out of nowhere. You'll see four or five possessions where quickly he's drilling around doing nothing. And then you'll see the next position possession. Rose is bringing the ball up the next two, three times. You saw it in the Cav game where McBride got to run the half court offense after quickly didn't get much in his opportunities. He just takes too long to get something going. He feels like the ball has to stay in his hands. When the ball should move, whatever attack you you commence, if, if it doesn't lead to a shot and you kick it out, let other people make plays. He doesn't tend to do that. Him playing more will lead to more victories for the Knicks. Simply put, provided he actually does play more minutes. Because of Cam and Rose being removed from the rotation. If he's not playing well, he's going to sit, obviously. But he should be at the 30-minute mark. And hopefully, the Knicks won't fall into too many doldrums when he's the main guy dribbling the ball. Now you move to what the real problem is. Back to Cam. Now you move into what the real problem is. R.J. Barrett is getting too many minutes. He is not playing well we're not just talking about his offense being up and down. He's not playing well defensively. And all the things that Grimes does, McBride does, and Quickly does, RJ does not do. He's a watcher defensively. He does not attack defensive rebounds. He doesn't, even though he's been rebounding better by the numbers, he doesn't chase those balls down. The way he should he gets out hustled he's a watcher there was a play in the Cav games where he took a bad shot and he held the he held the pose he held the release on the shot while his man who contested ran down court the Cavs got the rebound threw the ball down court somebody else had to try to make a play it was it was a run out while you were just standing there staring at your shot staring at your follow-through that's the type of nonsense that you don't see from these other guys and if you want Cam Reddish to play, I'm going to be very, very honest with you. Very honest with you. Those minutes should come from Barrett. They should come from Barrett. If he's not playing better, and you saw in that Cav game, he's 5-13, 2-7 from 3, one assist, and a bunch of turnovers. This was a high travel whistle game. I'm not going to get into that. But he played 31 minutes, and I think you're starting to see in that one game, don't get me wrong, just one game, You're starting to see that maybe RJ's minutes are going to get snatched up by Grimes and Quickly. Quickly, by extension, he's not going to play small forward, but he will play shooting guard minutes, and Grimes is going to be moved down to the small forward and start eating into RJ's minutes. You saw this game. Grimes had 40 minutes in this game. 40 minutes. Grimes led the team. And if you watch the game, you know that Grimes was all over Donovan Mitchell. You go to my timeline you go see some of those clips. He was all over him. That's the type of defense that Cammy isn't even playing. All over him. Grimes is going to steal RJ's minutes. And they want Grimes to steal Reddish's minutes, which is is why Reddish is sitting. Playing Reddish for his defense, not his offense. And Grimes is better at it. That's why there's a log jam on the roster that they're looking to break up. For those of you wondering why the Knicks want to make a trade. And quickly might be on the market of course nobody wants to trade quickly but there is a log jam and they want it opened up and it's possible that McBride can do a lot of what quickly does I'm not ready to go there yet because for some reason McBride cannot shoot at the NBA level he can go down to the G League and shoot lights out but he cannot shoot at the NBA level I don't understand why but he just can't so until he can you really can't say that he can replace quickly but If he plays consistent minutes, you will get a better idea of what he can do. Because he's never played consistent minutes at the NBA level, it's hard to judge him fairly for what he can do because it's hard for some guys to just play short minutes and be good and efficient. It's hard. But unlike Cam, he can play point guard, be a playmaker, on ball, create offense for other people. Things that you see flashes of from Cam, you'll see more consistently from McBride because of the position he plays and his skill set. Now, yes, if Cam was on the ball more, maybe he can make more plays. But again, he's not going to be on the ball more in this team, and he probably shouldn't be, frankly. He should be on the ball more than R.J., which is why I brought that up earlier. I think the biggest beef you can have about Cam Reddish sitting is that those minutes might go to R.J., And R.J.'s not been playing well, and he has not been deserving of those minutes, even over Cam. Tough argument to make when you look at R.J.'s numbers always averaging X amount of points per game, and he does this and he does that. I think Cam's sometimes playing with his head up his butt is the reason why he's sitting. You don't see R.J. make some of the silly little mistakes that Cam does with his opportunities. Cam is a high risk of losing the ball. He's a better ball handler than R.J. Barrett is. R.J. Barrett doesn't lose the ball the way Cam does. That's a conundrum. You can have Cam Reddish be a better ball handler handler than R.J. Barrett, but lose the ball twice as much? How? It's just there's a level of focus that you're not seeing from Cam offensively that is just not worth playing over these other guys. It might be worth playing over R.J. Barrett. I'm not ready to go there. I'm just saying. But it's not worth playing. It's not worth it versus these other guys and what these other guys can do. Personally, I'm excited to see the rotation, including McBride, quickly and Grimes getting more minutes. I'm excited about it. However, I do think that RJ and Julius and some of their absent-minded defensive Gameplay and hustle Hurts the team more Than Rose and Reddish But the positives that McBride Can bring The positives that more minutes For Grimes can bring May may overcome that May even inspire Those guys to play a little bit better Because it's contagious to see guys Play with that kind of Intensity McBride is an intense player Quickly can be an intense player. Grimes plays intense defense. It's exactly what the Knicks need. And I mentioned this against the last Atlanta game when the Knicks play Atlanta next. Grimes gave gave DeJounte some tough possessions at the end of that game. He didn't play the entire game. DeJounte murdered the Knicks. Grimes played some intense defense against DeJounte in a couple possessions where DeJounte, who was comfortable all night long, was not comfortable with Grimes on him. And you can see Donovan gave Grimes his props at the end of that game. If you watch the handshakes at the end of the game, Donovan went to Grimes and he gave him he gave him some props for that defense. He locked him up. And that's got to be promising for you as a Knicks fan to see Grimes, as long as he doesn't get in foul trouble, to see Grimes out there being a difference defensively because you, you can see he does other things offensively that the Knicks need that they don't use enough. And that falls to Thibodeau again. There are things he does offensively that are just not used enough. So you should be excited to see this, and you should be excited for whatever trades might be on the horizon. I talked about that Clipper trade with Rose and Fournier for for uh, Covington. That's that trade. I'd trade Hardenstein, but hey, whatever. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna roll around in the dirt over that. I'd trade Hardenstein back to the Clippers and let Sims play. I'd be 100% happy with that. 100% because Covington can play the 5 too. Now you have now you have a 5 who could actually complement your center because of the way they use Hartenstein, all he's doing is the same thing Mitch is doing and is not doing it as well. And Sims is the same kind of animal. They're different players but they're being asked to do to do the same things. So Hartenstein is being asked on offense to do the same things that Mitchell's being asked to do, the same things that um, Sims is being asked to do, but he's just not as good at it in totality. Defensively, Mitchell and Sims are better than Hartenstein. Hartenstein might be a little bit better than them. He's good with his little floater game. He might be a little bit better than them better than them on pick and roll, but they're not using him for it. So what's the point? The hustle, defense, the rotating ability from Sims, the rim protection from Mitchell, they're all head and shoulders above Hartenstein. He could be better than them at different aspects of the offense, but they're not using him. So get rid of him and his $8 million contract for two years before you get yourself in a situation where... You're desperate for $8 million in salary, so you have to dump a Hartenstein off somewhere because you use and abuse him all year so he doesn't have the same value he came into the season with. That's what's about to happen. So get rid of Hartenstein to a team that you know values what he does and is not sitting around just watching him against the Knicks and say, oh, look, he's not that good. Not worth $8 million. The Clippers know what he's worth. And I don't see why the Clippers want Derrick Rose. Got John Wall, got Reggie Jackson... You got PG coming back. You got Kawhi. I understand what Rose brings to the table maybe better than some people. I just don't see it on that team why you would want Rose. So, hey, but it's not my call. If it's Rose, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. That That's going to open up things for this team. Gives Rose an opportunity to compete for a championship. So it's better for him. I know the Bucks had some... Interest in Rose in the offseason. at least they were rumored to. But I think Javion Carter and the way he's played maybe had maybe kind of mitigates that a little bit. So if if that's the only market for Rose, go ahead and send him. And I understand you're only one game in with the rotation changes, so it wouldn't really open anything up outside of opening up a roster spot if it's just for Covington straight up. I believe those contracts might match up, so it opens up a roster spot, which is which is promising. But it doesn't open up the rotation anymore because Rose got moved out of it. So it's just the strife that there might be in a locker room having a guy who wants to play, who's not playing, etc. I don't know what the market is for Cam. Whatever it is, I'm all for it. You're not getting I know the Lakers were interested, but you're not getting a first-round draft pick from the Lakers. They don't have any to spare. And the ones that they do have, they're not giving it to you for Cam Reddish. So that's just not going to happen. So I don't know who else is interested in Reddish. I don't think you're getting a first-round draft pick for him, even if it's heavily protected. And the draft pick the Knicks sent was heavily protected. So it wasn't like a huge value they sent away for him, but it also doesn't mean that you want to get nothing for Cam Reddish. But you really do have to move Reddish if there's any value for him anywhere. Get him off the roster open up this opportunity for these guys without having to strife, without having somebody on the team, you know, desperate to get into the lineup. And has shown an inability to be effective in smaller minutes. But quiet is kept. I'd trade RJ Barrett. Frankly, if you're asking me, I'd trade RJ Barrett in a hot second. I don't care who you trade him to, I don't care what you trade him for, to be honest with you. He's fresh on a new fresh off a new contract. So anybody else making the same money is in the contract situation is not going to be any worse. And if they can hit a jump shot and play defense, they're head and shoulders better than R.J. Barrett. I would trade R.J. Barrett and start Josh Hart. The Knicks would be infinitely better with Josh Hart on the team than they would be with R.J. Barrett right now. That's how down I am on R.J. Barrett right now, frankly. Frankly. I'm seeing trade rumors where Kyle Kuzma might be on the move. I see Atlanta has John Collins on the market. Collins doesn't obviously doesn't work here. As long as Randall's here, that's obviously not gonna happen. Nick fans would not be excited about John Collins joining the team anyway. However, if there's anything that this can do to get Kyle Kuzma here, I'm all for it. And I don't care if he plays Obi Toppins power forward, he's gonna block Obi Toppin. Man, get out of here. Bring Kyle Kuzma here if you can, please. Please. Okay? Because Obi Toppin can play small I mean not Obi Toppin, but well Obi Toppin can, I think. And again, depending on the matchup, he can play some small forward. They don't try it very much. Depending on the matchup, I think he can get away with it. But Kuzma can play small forward, too. So I think that's a lineup that could work. If you want Obi to play more minutes, you could play Kuzma and Obi at the same time. And Kuzma can play the small forward and Obi can play the power forward. If that makes you feel any better. But if if Washington is considering moving Kuzma for John Collins... Of all people, and listen, I think John Collins is a way better p- player than most people think he is. He's just not used properly in Atlanta. But this got to be this got to be something the Knicks can do to bring Kyle Kuzma in here. Kyle Kuzma is a good player, versatile defensively. He has a lot of heart, can shoot the ball, can drive the ball. They should be making those conversations. I I don't want to hear about Levine. Levine is not good enough defensively to pay him all that money and bring him here, especially with his injury history. However, DeRozan, just last year, think about how the narratives change. Think about how the narratives change. When it was rumored that the Knicks passed on DeRozan and Chicago signed him, the Knicks were being tear- torn apart. Torn apart. Now DeRozan is available and the Bulls aren't playing as well and DeRozan isn't quite as sexy. Now there's some debate about whether or not you even bring DeRozan in. Well, he's not really a three-point shooter. Well, he wasn't a three-point shooter last year when you said, everybody said that he should have come here. The Knicks should be happy to bring in DeRozan if they have an opportunity to get him. They should be happy to bring him in. He'd be the best player the Knicks have had in a very long time, especially at that shooting guard small forward position. And even though he's not a great three-point shooter, I think what he would bring you offensively is head and shoulders better than anything the Knicks have seen on this team in a very, very long time. What the deal would be to get him, that's the question. I'm not trading Grimes. Y'all can clown the Grimes being untouchable stuff all you want. I'm not trading I'm not trading a good number of players on the roster. The players I want to trade to get him in here are J. Barrett and Julius Randle. The two guys that it's very unlikely the Bulls have any interest in. But those are the only two players that I would want to take off. The only two players of value that I'd want to take off this roster to bring DeRozan in. Primarily because not only do I value Grimes and to a lesser extent quickly, it's that Julius, RJ, and DeRozan can't be on the floor at the same time. They just can't. They operate in the same spaces. Julius is too lazy offensively to relocate to three-point line when he needs to. You saw that play, you saw that play against the Cavs where RJ and Julius switched, and Donovan, Julius switched on to Donovan. Donovan drove, made a pass into the lane, then relocated to the corner, and Julius never paid any attention to Donovan once he passed the ball. The player in the paint just passed the ball back out to the corner to Donovan. He had a wide-open three, and Julius did not take a step towards him. RJ had to leave his man to go try to contest it, and he was way late on doing it. That perfectly encapsulates my issues with Julius Randle. Not only is he an absent-minded, lack-of-hustle defender, absent-minded because he forgot about Donovan Mitchell after he switched to him, Lack of focus, energy, and hustle, and getting out to Donovan once he saw the pass was made. Didn't even try to contest it. And then on, from the offensive end, Julius Randle never does that. He never relocates to the three-point line after he makes a play, after somebody penetrates. He's just watching. He's just standing meandering around the mid-range, which means his man can come help. And he's not an outlet because he's too close to the fray. He needs to relocate and spread the floor. You want to shoot threes, that's how you get them. And he doesn't understand that. He'd rather shoot threes with a guy in his jersey than to relocate off ball and wait for the kickout. That's why Julius Randle can't be on this team with, Don- with, uh, with DeRozan and R.J. Barrett, two non-shooting players, neither one of them... Neither one of them dynamic enough offensively to make DeRozan any better. And frankly, he's just going to make him worse. There's just going to be a lot of contested jump shots from DeRozan, which he tends to make. But he could get to the front of the rim more if you weren't clogging the paint, Julius Randle. Anyway, I'm actually excited. I'm never excited about seeing Trey Young come to the Garden with all his nonsense. You know, I'm not a big fan of Trey Young. I respect what he can do, but I think a lot of people overlook what he actually does do on the court. I'm excited to see quickly McBride, Grimes go at go at DeJounte and Trey in this game. DeAndre Hunter is not playing, I don't believe, and he's kind of developed into a little bit of a Nick killer. They will be seeing AJ Griffin, who I believe is going to want to prove a point to the Knicks. I know the Knicks were interested in drafting him. So, of course, he wants to come here and make a mess. He's been playing very well recently. I'm excited for this game to see the new rotation because I think Tibbs laid down, to me, cover fire for his career. You don't believe in what I'm doing, you don't believe in my defense, you don't believe in my strategies. Let me show you what it looks like when defensive players are actually playing it and not these half, half-assed defensive guys. No, no shade to Derrick Rose. Let me show you, show you exactly what it looks like when the primary defender actually is a physical deterrent to the ball handler. And guys aren't just floating around the court, floating around the court with no defense on them. That's what, De- that's what DeJounte did in the last game. He was just floating around like, like nobody was guarding him. And Cam was playing that game. Am I wrong? Cam was playing that game. RJ was playing that game. Guys were just floating around. Let's see what it looks like with Grimes getting in somebody getting into somebody's jersey. Getting physical. Getting around no screen. Same thing with Quickly and McBride. Let's see what it looks like then. 81 points the Knicks gave up in that Cavs game with this rotation change. One of the better teams in the league. Let's see what they do against a motivated Atlanta Hawks team. Trey Young beefing with his coach. wants something to prove. Always wants to beef against the Knicks. Got punched in the eye last game. You know he wants revenge. Let's see what this defense looks like in this game. Looking forward to it. Don't forget, sportsethos.com. For all of your fantasy and sports needs, check it out. Follow at sportsethos. Follow Ethos Knicks. Until next time.